Blog Talk. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in His flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Rabia the mystic, a beautiful Islam stitch. Oh, excuse me, saying... Welcome to You Are Okay. This is Mara. Brian is on the other line. Hello, Mara. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Brian. I should have said good morning. I'm thinking that in my head. How terrible. <laughs> I'm thinking good morning, Brian. Okay. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Hello. listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes, knowing He is there with us. We will be healed as we can teach us to heal. Wow. Always that reminds me. Just always reminds me about living in love. It just reminds me about taking the chance to live in love. I hope all of our listeners, and if you didn't, not to worry, this is not like a rule or something, but I sure hope that uh, yesterday you spent a few minutes alone with love with God and just felt the embracing power of the best valentine in the world. God never leaves you. God is always there. God embraces you. God pushes you forward with love. God holds your hand. The best Valentine is the one so often forgotten that we so often even forget to invite into our homes. God or love, Yahweh, Allah, whatever name you use. The number one Valentine in my mind is God, and I hope that people remember to spend some time every day just embracing that knowledge. And that's really what our... our um, program is about today, Embracing the Journey to Love. I think that in large part, it's going to focus on what I just said a moment ago, because there is no rule book. That's one of the things that I read recently, I think in the last week, a quote from the Dalai Lama, and and he basically said that the difference between religion and spirituality is Religion is is a group of dogmas uh, created to make the people who follow those rules better than those who don't follow those rules and to have a preordained end. Whereas spirituality is embracing one another in love. It's caring about your individual inter-spirit relationships with people. It's, it's recognizing that, that Holy Spirit 
that is talked about in so many churches is actually your inner divinity. I'm taking it a little bit further and adding my own thought to it, but I believe that is it. It's, it's recognizing that what you do can make a difference. And today we're going to be talking about the journey to love because there is no set of right rules. Brian and I can each talk a little bit about ours, but when all is said and done, it's just remembering to invite God in. It's not like doing something makes you more worthy so that God will notice you. But it's inviting God in. For whatever weird, weird reason this week, I have no idea, but my palms got hot. I felt moved to tell my boss, you know, that I was a heightened sixth sensor. Actually, it felt kind of good after I did it, although a little scary, like, oh, my gosh, who wants to talk to a lawyer who's a heightened sixth center? Well, people have my entire law career, so I don't think that's really an issue. But, you know, I look, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I just, that, there's, that hasn't been an issue. So, uh, but, you know, I was looking at his face, his stoic face, and I realized that if it wasn't me, Someone that he had just given this, my gosh, I've never had a performance evaluation before, and I got this performance evaluation that almost took me to my knees to say, thank you, Lord. I mean, seriously, I'm like, whoa, he's got to be talking about the wrong person here. And I just felt like it was the right time. You know what I'm saying, Brian, I'm sure. And I just, just told him, and his face had this stoic quality on it. And I could tell he didn't want to believe what I was saying. And and, and I shared with him um, about three episodes, because I'm writing a book now, and it, strangely, it's talking about being a lawyer and a heightened sixth sensor. And he looked at me, and I says, I know you wouldn't want to believe this, and you wouldn't believe it if you didn't believe me and who I am. And he shook his head, yes, that that was true. And he says, well, I think I'm just going to keep praying my traditional way. And I says, great, I do too, always. (laughs) Good idea. Let's just keep it up. I wasn't looking for someone to start worshiping me. (laughs) But it was just, and that wasn't what he meant either. I'm just making light of it. Uh, But it was a very interesting experience. Our paths to love and recognizing that. There isn't a set path, there isn't a set set of rules, and when Brian and I talk to you here, we're not going to give you some sort of supreme uh, enlightenment that's going to open you up to it. Um, And we'll be talking a little bit more about it. I have a a quote from Yogananda that I think is kind of nice. And Brian, I'm going to let you talk for a few minutes. How has your week been and and what's going on in it? Well, my week is uh, really... Just, I've had a few conversations with some friends, and through conversations talking about my experiences and their experiences, it kind of seems like on a broad scale, many people are just experiencing a lull right now. And when I say that, it's not that it's boring or that it's mm-hmm. um, devastating, while though some people might be experiencing very devastating situations. But what I mean to portray by that is that it's just kind of like there's not a whole lot of movement. It's kind of like I've built up behaviors in my life. I've built up um, 
things that I do, like with my radio show, and there's nothing really bang, boom, moving like they did uh, four months ago. And it's kind of a time for rejuvenating and building up my energy, my storehouse of energy to move forth in the next um, direction that I'm to move, whatever that direction is. And so at that time, I've really been, instead of being impatient about wanting to move forward, I've rather been learning to be patient and content with where I am at this moment. And as I've done that, I've realized that I can spend some quality time writing a book, which is something that I've been talking about doing for a while, and I'm finally actualizing it. And it's it's been an adventure. I've been doing it for about a week now, solid. And it's been an adventure, but it's been a good one. And it's helped me to, and I realized that everyone out there, all you listeners, everyone in the world, there's a book in all of us. Not only is there a book in all of us, but we all need to write a book. Not to, per se, so that others can look at us and say, wow, what a wise person, or, you know, start worshiping us or following us. But rather, I realized that writing a book is for your own good. You learn so much about yourself in the adventure of putting your story down onto paper. And that's something that I'm realizing. And so in that, writing a book is kind of like doing a meditative walk or spiritual practice of some sort. It really helps you to clarify who you are to yourself. And that's a beautiful gift in and of itself. And that's what I'm really realizing with this book. And so really having a wonderful week, have had a wonderful week, taking a journey into myself to discover myself even better. That's great. You know, there are a couple of things there. I'd like to talk about the book part, and and don't let me forget that, please. (laughs) But uh, let's talk about the first part first, because there were lots of things of significance. And I'm actually, because it's very cold where I live right now, folks, I am doing the green thing and heating only two rooms. I have like a a little sitting room off my bedroom, and I don't have a pen around me, so that's why I ask that you remind me about the book, because normally I would write that note down to myself. But the first thing that I thought was really significant, uh, my friends out there, is when I ran my law firm, I closed it several years ago uh, for a variety of reasons, not because it wasn't succeeding. You know, it's interesting I want to say that, but but maybe I do need to say that because maybe we need to know that people make choices in the height of success because we're so quick to make judgments about why things happened and, 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 and cast a negative pale over something. And I was in my first million-dollar year, and I had only had a law firm for three years, so... It wasn't because of money. <laughs> it was because I had lost touch with me and the law. I mean, I pretty much had. And it was probably the wisest decision I ever made in my life to step away from the law and go and work for a, a client in-house. Uh, but it also is so interesting because it was probably the most tarring decision I had because we lawyers are very snobbish creatures who like to think that, uh, you know, it's all about money. Well, forgive me, God, there's a lot of people out there who don't think it's all about money. That's not true. But for whatever reason, uh, some of the ones I've come in contact with have kind of looked down their nose. Perhaps that's the right way, you know, thinking that they understood why I walked away. 
And interestingly, um, I had to get shaken by the heels to walk away. Um, I worked 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, was back at this event celebrating my ego when uh, I was informed my oldest daughter had uh, had been brutally raped on an army base. And that jarred me to my roots, but what really jarred me to my roots were were my associates' reactions. I... um, I had hired only women because I wanted to show that women could be lawyers. And I expected women to understand mom, the mom part of me. Because so many times for my children, you know, they had to move on while mom was sitting in the office doing this or that, and they had to understand. There's no way you understand a rape without your mom there. There's just no way, and there's no way mom can understand it. And I went, and my associates didn't like that I went. And it created probably on some level one of the highest chaotic events of my life. And then when I got past that event and got back to my office, all my associates had left because I wasn't responding the way they thought I should respond. And um, I know they have their side of the story too, okay? I didn't keep them feeling safe. Let's let's put it that way. I didn't keep them feeling safe because I stepped away from it to just be a mom, something I hadn't done for this young girl for a very long time, just be a mom. So one of my clients offered me an opportunity to go in-house, and I did. And then I had to begin the process of kind of trying to survive in a law firm with one person with work for four or five, (laughs) you know? And it was tough. I mean, one of the associates left for a different reason. But um, she left because the others turned and attacked her. (laughs) God help us. No one felt safe because that wouldn't have happened again if I had kept them feeling safe. And uh, I went vacillating through two different decisions. One decision was to uh, keep my law firm open and started hiring, talking to people to hire associates. People wanted to work for me. And then a part of me thought I should go in-house. And I think that when I made the decision to go in-house, I felt lifted, but I was still broken. The experience took me as close to the edge as I've ever been to the edge of sanity. There were days when I wanted to call the Superior Court judge and just say, I can't do this anymore. So anyway, then I go to my youngest daughter's graduation from this school. And it was such a prestigious event. Pardon me. We'd pretty much gotten the work pulled together, and I had had a message from God in between. I had gone... I had, once again, through my ego stroking, had gotten this very big judge, the one who has the porno site now, although I'm not sure it is porno. It's his personal pornography. (laughs) Anyway, I had gotten him to agree to come to the community I lived in for Law Day, and it was a very big deal. But because I no longer had any associates, I had to go to this teeny little settlement conference. And there is a certain ego there, my friends, because... Senior partner owners don't go to $3,000 settlement conferences. And I went to this little settlement conference, and the man was expecting to get $30,000. I mean, they were adamant and strong on it. 
And I just kept praying. I just prayed that God would bring all of the wonderful lawyers that were on the other side to my assistance to get me through because I wasn't sure that I could make it in this simple time. And so I would go in and I would sit there in front of the judge and I would say why it was that the case was only worth 3000 and that I had had an investigator watching the person and so on. And then I would go back out and I would sit on the bench and I would collapse inside. And I would pull all of the lawyers from the other side back into me when it was my turn to go back inside. And I wasn't moving. I wasn't moving. And when we finished and the man accepted the $3,000 I had offered him, um, his, uh, as he and his wife were exiting and I was sitting down to begin to tell my client of this victory, <laughs> I um, had this woman walk up to me his wife, the man who wanted 30000 and got $3,000, walked up to me, looked me in the eye and said, God put you on my heart. He's afraid you're turning your back on him. Don't. I looked her in the eye as she, and held her arms around me and felt safe. And I said to her, I never could. And with her energy around me, I then went to my youngest daughter's graduation, feeling a little bit joyful but still on the edge, looked out across this beautiful green that had been there since the Revolutionary War, saw my daughter walking across to her room with her face down to her belly, and walked out to talk to her. What's happening, sweetheart? Mom, they think I have cancer. Now, by that point, I was pretty mom. The thought that it was a high school or a college clinic, none of that stuff mattered at all. All they thought was they thought I had cancer. And I knew then that no matter how old my children were, they were more important than the law. And now, my friends out there, if anyone listens who's wondering why I left my practice, you now know. Because there are more important things in life than work. And that brings us to what Brian was talking about, because that's part of my book that I'm writing there. But that brings us to that point that Brian said very early on about how there are opportunities, there's a lull. I used to say to my associates in my firm when they would get nervous because they weren't working 18 hours a day or 12 hours a day, relax, refresh, Use this opportunity to do things for yourself because there will be more to come. And so I really think that that is what we should do in our journey to love is to embrace the times we have where we can be alone and sit with him, her, the Divine Mother. I don't care what name you use for God, but to sit in time with love 
undistracted by the pressing business around you. And many of us are being provided those opportunities now. It's important that we use them because that's probably, as I said early on, the beginning step in the journey to love is to remember to invite love in. Now, Brian, tell us a bit about your book. Well, my book is about getting to the heart of the matter, getting to the truth of who you are, much like we talk about on this show and what I talk about on my show. And I realize that spending time with love, spending time with yourself, spending time with God, is really the easiest thing that we could ever do. But we make it so much harder than it is, than it has to be, by filling our minds with constant thought. And so what I realize, it's like the analogy I like to give every now and then, is that we are beautiful diamonds, beautiful diamonds, each one of us, that are priceless in our worth. And we don't have to do anything to be that diamond. We already are that diamond. But what we have chosen to do through our egos, like you've mentioned with your story there, with, with uh, the depiction of, of how you experienced yourself and how maybe a lot of lawyers um, experienced themselves and portrayed themselves. And we fill ourselves up with so much thought of who we think we are and trying to impress people with the way we present ourselves to each other. And this is a false mask. This is a bravado that we put over ourselves that actually covers up a beautiful diamond that we are. And that mask, dimming the light of the beautiful diamond that's shining constantly, actually looks quite ugly when we actually stop and take a look at it, in my opinion. And we, there's, again, nothing that we have to do to show this light except for stop covering it up. And so to how easy is it to stop doing something? Well, if you think about it in a physical way, if you picked up a pen and you held it out in front of you and then you just opened up your hand and let go, the pen would just fall away. Well, in the same instance, it's that easy to let the false ideas, the false thoughts of who you think you are drop away so that the beautiful light that shines eternally within you will just shine forth and take its rightful place in your experience in life. And because we have attached ourselves so strongly to our thoughts and to our words and to our beliefs of who we think we are, we find it difficult to let that go. As we start to show the willingness to do that, we show the desire to want to move in that direction. It becomes very easy, almost instantaneously. And then from there, it becomes easier and easier as it builds momentum. And so that's the gist of the book that I'm writing. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. We do have a caller on the line who wanted to comment, Brian, and I, I put them on so that they would know that, uh, so they could become a part of the show even though we were... Uh, well, I've lost my switchboard here. <laughs> Excuse me. The uh, they're from area code one one one. Hello, caller. Um, Hi, I'm listening you... to your show. This is Ricky Master. Hello, Ricky. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Is well, there hello. You'd like to... Hi, Brian. 
How are you? I'm good, and guys, how are you? I love We're you. Very good, thank you. I'm calling from Nova Scotia. Where are you calling from? Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh, Nova Scotia. Okay, I was wondering where 111 was. <laughs> it's yeah. so kind, kind of you to call in. Is there something you wanted to share, or do you just want to listen on the I'm air? I'm just listening. All right, wonderful. Yeah. Brian, I really liked the story you told back uh, in the beginning of my accepting my heightened six senses. I, um, I, I, I just was very resistant and... Um, even though I came from a family where gen- I know that I believe heightened six senses in terms of some that kind of are a little more pronounced. I think we all have them, but uh, those who can vibrate uh, at a particular pace, ge- it's a genealogy thing. And my grandpa was uh, was a healer, and uh, so I can- I was always a little bit odd. I mean, I was always different. Uh, how about you, Brian? Were you different when you were growing up? Uh, most definitely, and enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> I don't know that I did. I, you know, I don't know that I even understood. It just was who I am, just as today it is who I am. Um, and um, so, so in any event, what happened was I. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. One day. I, I went to see the psychic, and she convinced me to uh, that I was about. She also convinced me it was all around very close in time uh, that I was uh, not focusing positively on my six senses. That was probably my first experience. But one of the things that came for my first meeting with her is I went out and I prayed, and just as you you talked about dropping, you know, the pin, um, I had. Um, a similar a similar revelation, and I think it is so true. And it takes it maybe a little bit further, and and it says you're important. And what happened was, um, a man called me, an attorney called me. <laughs> I think I've been such a secret, ha huh? But anyway, he called me on the phone one day and was telling me that the world was very heavy for him. Now, why me of all the people in the world he chose to call? call, Only God can answer that. But he called me on the phone, and as I was talking to him, I said, you know, it seems to me that the uh, way to deal with this, Bob, is to kind of take all of these pains that you have in your hands, all of them that are in your hands, and just put everything there and look at them. And then look out in front of you and see he was a Christian, Jesus walking toward you with his hands outstretched right in front of you. And as he approaches, take your hands, stretch them out, and just turn them over face side down into his outstretched palms. And know that you don't have to do this alone. And and I can share with you, friends, that as you move toward the uh, forward in life, there will be moments when you have that almost Jesus feeling of, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Because 
you chose to step back into the chaos of it all. And I have a little quote from the Dalai Lama here. And I, because it's cold in my house, I, I put my quotes on the computer instead of printing them out. So I'm, I'm looking for it here. Excuse me. But it, um, even in the case of individuals, I had a little problem with that sentence, but there is no possibility to feel happiness through anger. Why don't we change the word anger to fear? There is no possibility to feel happiness through fear. If in a difficult situation one becomes disturbed internally, overwhelmed by mental discomfort, then external things will not help at all. However, if despite external difficulties or problems, internally one's attitude is of love, warmth, and kindness, then problems can be faced and accepted. And it sounds to me, Brian, like you're writing about that. Yes, I am. Maybe, which is wonderful. Good for you. That's really great. I'm, I'm proud for you. And I agree with you that everyone has a book in them. And it doesn't have to be a long book. And it doesn't have to be a weighty book full of big words. It just has to be an honest book. Yes, from the heart. From the heart. Just from the heart. Pardon me, I also am writing um, a book, as we talked about before we started the show today, a little bit different one. I've written two books, actually. One is um, Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You, which is kind of the, that's our tagline for this program. And any of you who would like to have a copy of that book, you need simply send me an email uh, saying, and Ray me, but you need to send it to my real email address, not on blog talk radio, because I Unless you send me your email address, I can't respond. So send it to mkwlawfirm at aol.com. And um, I put in Ray Me, and I will send you a free copy of the book faster than my fingers can move through across the keys. Ha <laughs> maybe as fast as, not faster. Uh, <laughs> but uh, besides that, uh, I wrote another book called Soul Talk uh, that I had planned to publish and never did. Um, it, it's just a book about meditations and prayers during a, an interesting time in my life. When I right after all of this that I described for you, when I had kind of just stepped away from everything. Ultimately, I stepped away for a while, and just just uh, was one with God. Um, it was a very peaceful time. It was a good opportunity for me, and I'm fortunate that I uh, was financially able to do that. And then the uh, next, uh, and this book, though, is different for me. Uh, it's actually about me. And I don't know how I feel about that. So when I wrote the other two books, because they were about ideas and about sharing, it was okay because I'm more than willing to share my ideas about the ideas that are out there. And it also interests me because... Um, those ideas, I, I really felt that I was a scribe for, for love for God, and I feel that I'm a scribe this time too. But I'm embarrassed by it all. I, I don't. I'm always worried that in talking about myself, I create 
the image that I think I'm any different than anybody else, because I, I don't. I've had an awful lot of dynamic experiences in life, and uh, much of them have been kind of a manifesting, and I've gone through many human lessons to fully recognize the extent of my heightened six senses. Um, it was with some trepidation. Uh, Bob sent me, when you and I first started doing this, Brian, I think you'll recall I told you that Bob had sent me an email and said I needed to talk about the guys, you know, who basically are my guides. And I needed to talk about my hot hands, and I needed to talk about the feeling of being one with uh, God, that sense of bliss. As I take in three deep breaths and I just feel my entire energy merge with the other side and um because i guess in talking about these things we let people know that they're possible and uh, it looks like that's a lot of tv on that so people are starting to accept that there are heightened six senses but it also helps those who are aware of their heightened six senses to feel more normal and okay even though in the whole scheme of things were a little bit odd. So um, that's what my book's well, about, is, you know. Well, I know I, there's a couple things I want to say about that. One, one thing that I'm realizing, and I usually don't talk about the past, but I'm going to head, go ahead and talk about it in this instance, and that is in our history, we can see that there are times we went through as a human race where talking about such things we would have been ridiculed, we would have been burned at the stake, we would have been shut up in some way. And our history is changing right now, especially with the Internet, on the freedom that we have to speak of these things. And so to speak of such truths that we are sharing right now, at one point were really banished and couldn't be heard. Now we all have a wonderful opportunity as a whole community of people to speak out of these truths and re- Remember our connection with one another because as you share those things that you are somewhat embarrassed about sharing because you don't know what, how other people are going to respond, whether they're going to see you as you thinking that you're special above them or whatnot, it's actually a gift that we give to each other, to ourselves and to the other through doing so because we help each other realize that we're not alone because what I realize is that the experiences that I'm experiencing, everyone else is experiencing at some point in time in their lives. But to add to that, we're all experiencing it differently from our individuality because we all have had different experiences in our lives. But yet we've all been born of a mother. We all have a heart. You know, there are so many com combinations of connections that we have. But we always yeah. still look at the... Small, really small differences, because they're really, really small in our differences. But we magnify them so much by arguing or disagreeing with or resisting against one another, when really if we could just sit there, and we can. So when we choose to just sit there and listen with an open mind and an open heart, without ridicule, we actually learn about ourselves through others. And that's why I find such great pleasure and such an honor to be able to share my truths with the rest of the world, because I know not only am I discovering, much like my book, about myself, but I'm also helping others to discover themselves if they so choose. And this is the time we're in right now. We're realizing that we really are all connected, and what you do for yourself, you do for another. 
and what you do for your, another, you do for yourself. I love that passage. Isn't that amazing? I pulled that Conversation with God card today. No accidents in God's world. We know that was deliberate. That's so true, and and just I have, uh, it's also interesting. It's interesting because we're showing today, even though our show isn't about synchronicity and coincidence, one of the cards that I pulled today was, there are no accidents in God's world. And one in my program, uh, I do a program on Friday mornings alone. Um, Rike, I don't know if you've heard it, but uh, that program, this this last week was about listen with the ears of those who speak, which is one of the passages in the book that God and I wrote together. Listen with the ears of those who speak. In other words, once again, Brian, you're just such a bright young man. Like Brian said, no two of us experience life the same. And and so we, if we look and just give someone, as this passage says, it, it in fact... You know what? I'm going to read it because I've been, I still have it here in front of me, which is rather unusual. But um, listen with the ears of those who speak. If you listen to another's stories with your ears, you will filter the experience into your experience. Instead, hear the words from the perspective of the one who speaks. Hear their passionate call for some of your time, for some of you. Put yourself and your judgments aside. Listen with an ear to hear what the speaker needs to be heard and how you can help. I just, you know, I, I, we've got such synchronicity going here. And, and well, that's what love's all about, my dear. Yes, I know. It does every time. I know I'm surprised. <laughs> but it's just, it's just amazing. And... You know, I mean, my friends, uh, part of uh, embracing the journey uh, to love is the realization that there will be times you may lose your peace, but you can remember where you put it. And with that said, Brian, uh, I wanted to know if you would please lead us in a guided meditation. Uh, they are so peaceful. They they bring us all to such a, a nice place. We'll still have time today to uh, do some talking um, afterwards. Oh, I've lost another one of my long meditation pieces, I think. Oh, how, let's do um, Daniel Kobayaka's Pathless Journey. I think we may have done that last week, too, but it's a nice, nice piece. It's got good music, good sound. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Thank you, good. Here we go. Okay, we're going to spend some time right now with ourselves, realizing that even though I say we're spending time with ourselves, we are never alone. So when we spend time with ourselves, we are spending time with everyone and everything. And as we get quiet, spending time with ourselves, it might come to our awareness that indeed we are all connected to all things and that the beauty and truth of all things lies within us. 
because truth is eternal. Truth never changes. And truth is not exclusive. Truth is the essence of all things. Truth is contained within all things. And nothing can ever change that. And all we need do to align ourselves with truth is to quiet ourselves, observe ourselves, and recognize the truth that is always there. And we can also, as we go through this meditation, substitute the word truth with love. Those two are interchangeable and exactly the same. Because love too does not change. And love too is contained within all things and is the essence of all things. And all we need do to, to recognize the love is to quiet ourselves, go within ourselves, recognize ourselves. So let's get comfortable in whichever position we find most comfortable taking time to relax ourselves and be at peace within ourselves. Closing our eyes and beginning to breathe deeply into the nose and out of the nose. And if you do not find it comfortable enough to breathe this way, please feel free to breathe in whichever pattern and whichever way is most comfortable for you. Taking care to be comfortable and relaxed. Taking time for yourself to pamper yourself with peace and quiet. Taking a deep breath in and out. in and out and now as you continue to breathe deeply slowly begin to notice yourself scan yourself spending time with inside yourself in different areas of yourself you might spend some time in your heart. You might spend some time in your feet. You might spend some time in your hands. Wherever it is that your attention goes, just notice it. Do not judge it. Do not even particularly, if you can, think to yourself what area of your body this is. Just try to notice the sensation and the feel 
that you feel from this area. Just spending time with it, becoming more familiar with it, aligning yourself with it. There are times throughout our days that things can get so hectic and we can get so lost in doing, doing, doing that we can forget ourselves internally. And when we don't pay attention to something, it has a, time, uh, it has a tendency to diminish in its capability. Because the truth of the world is that we all support one another. And when we get so lost with inside of us, just ourselves, going after whatever works best for us, we neglect every other part of ourselves, which is all other beings. Because we are all connected and we are all one. So as we continue to spend time with ourselves, becoming familiar with ourselves once again. We can realize that as we do this for ourselves, we are doing this for everyone else. And as we connect more with the truth of who we are, becoming comfortable, familiar with the sensations within us, we help all others to be comfortable and familiar with themselves. And whenever you find familiarity and comfort in any situation, in any event, in your life, you will find peace. Even if it be for but a moment, you will find peace. So as we take the time to do this for ourselves, we are doing it for all. As this becomes more common. It becomes easier to remember to do it. And eventually it becomes the norm. And you won't have to remember as hard. And you won't forget as much to do it. And as it perpetuates forward, being shared by all creatures, by all being. It will be the natural thing to do without having to think about it. And it will become a habit. And when we find ourselves in that place, we might describe it as heavenly. So know that as you do this for yourself, you make it easier for yourself be able to do it again and again and once again as it becomes easier for you it becomes easier for everyone else so as we have spent time with ourselves we have spent time with all and I know for me that brings me immense joy as I feel the love expand within my heart as this truth enters my awareness 
it lifts me up higher. And as I am lifted up, all others are lifted up. And as all others are lifted up, I am lifted up. And that's a beautiful truth to remember. And that's a beautiful truth that never changes. Let's spend the next few moments spending time with everyone. together in this moment of peace, truly connecting one with the other by reaching out. And I've been asked that first you take the hand of God as you understand God to be of love. Holding that hand in your dominant hand, whether it's right or left. And then you reach out to your next hand and now you will take the hand of God as someone else And together we will form a circle that is truly God. All of our perceptions and all of us. And in that circle, that unity of love, God, let us now pull our breaths deeply in and hold them in our heart. Clean, clean breath in your heart. Now allow your heart to send out a vibrant pillar of light. And in your mind, see pillars of light coming out from all listeners now and all listeners in the future. And as we say that, we merge together with our God until we have just a circle of light. And know that that light is in you always. You are never separated from it. The power, the ampage is huge. And it comes from taking three deep breaths and knowing God is at the other end. Believing that with your entire fiber and being. And then let us now take that energy and let us encase our planet, Earth, in love. Let us recognize that our kind act reciprocated by another to another over and over and over again causes light to explode from every part of this planet. It will end hunger. It will end homelessness. 
it will end despair. Think about the feeling that you have when you're happy and you believe that you're doing the right thing, however you define that right. And now imagine a world full of people in that moment. It's a revolutionary idea. Imagine every... Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, using Neil Donald Walsh's suggestion that we look at words with um, with what what the com- what they accomplish. In other words, uh, always a l hyphen ways. So it's in always. God is with you in always. You know um, that we become uh, we recognize r e cognize cognize is a word that means put it in our mind again, or that we remember r e. Member, so we come back to God, we rejoin God from our separate connectedness. And if you look at the word evolutionary, that's our journey. And revolutionary is what it takes sometimes in a world that has been captured in this time of antichrist, of anti love, and is now moving out out of that time into a time of love it's revolutionary my friends revolutionary we are each and every one of us revolutionaries of love being inspired by Neil Donald Walsh I have myself taken a a, a, a liking to putting with words and a few words mm-hmm. that I want to share that I really enjoy playing with are the words interesting, wonderful, and beautiful. And we'll start with interesting. I like to spell interesting. I-N-T-E-R hyphen R-E-S-T-I-N-G. So it is interesting. Because I find when things are interesting to me, I find some sort of peace, some sort of recognition, and I become peaceful within. So it's interesting. Another word that I like to to play with is wonderful. And this has many levels to it. One of which which is I spell it O-N-E, the, the, the word one, D-E-R, and then F-U-L-L, the word full. So it's wonderful. And in this way, I look at it as everything is full of one. If we substitute the word der, D-E-R, to mean of, then it's full of one if we play backwards. And in that, everything is wonderful. Because indeed, all things are full of one. 
Yes, they are. Wonderful. And then the third one, beautiful. I like to spell it the same way. But I, well, I do change one part of it, but I like to capitalize the B and the E to be capital B, as in to be, then A, and then a capital U, as in B-U, and then T-I, and then capital F-U-L-L, the word full again. So when you look at it this way, beautiful also stands out and says B-U-full. So as you are full, you are full of God. And you are beautiful. Beautiful. That is, that's lovely. Good for you. I like those. Very nice. Very nice. That's why when I was speaking to my boss the other day, I said, always. And then I spelled it (laughs) A-L-W-A-Y-S. You know? Yeah, I'm praying regularly, always. (laughs) (laughs) It's all okay, my friends. It's all okay. I promise that I had a quote from Yogananda. Um, and you know what? Before I get to that, if I, even if I never get to that, um, I think one of my favorite passages from the Bible is in John, and it says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Brian has just shared with us a beautiful example of how important our words are. Our words are important, our tones are important. Sometimes you can say the most difficult things, but if you say it in a loving way, it doesn't have a sting. And sometimes you can say something that sounds really nice, but because you're mad, It comes out with an anger-ridden catch to it. So remember, my friends, as you go about your day today and through the week, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. How are you handling God in your words? We are coming down to the final few minutes of our show here. I, I guess we, Brian's explained it to me, of slightly less than two minutes. Uh, Ricky, thank you so much for joining us as a listener. Is there anything you would like to say before we close out today? It was a really Peace. beautiful show. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Peace be with you. And have a lovely week ahead of you. Hopefully you'll be back next Sunday. I will. So loud, my kids are just going nuts playing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you much. for calling in, Reiki. It's Very nice cool. to hear your voice. Oh, thank you, Brian. The both time. Thank you. Thank you. Peace be with you, you wonderfully beautiful person. Thank you. Absolutely. May love enfold each of you throughout this week. Remember that you are each and every one of us, uniquely created, divinely inspired. Invite God in. 
You don't need a prearranged appointment. He's waiting simply for your call. Namaste to each of you. Good, goodbye, Brian. You can lead us out today. Bye, Mother. Thank you so much for the show. This is fantastic. Thank you, Liz, for being here and sharing in this moment with us. And even if you come back to the archives, you are here with us fully in each moment. So thank you all for being here. And love you all. Peace be with you. Namaste. Namaste.